Hello everyone, I'm your host Luke, and this is my co-host Jared. How's it going guys? And today we're talking about the Jersey Devil and Bat Squatch. Da, da, da. And how the two are possibly related. More than them just being both cryptids and both uh, being flying humanoid possibly sentient beings i guess <laughs> yeah that are so flying around the sparsely populated united states yes they seem to have some resemblance of intelligence in a sense we have done a video on bat squash before and it, i remember it being kind of hilarious because it like it's always light at night right yeah and like it like I mean, basically, imagine Bigfoot with wings, also if he has, like, longer claws. Pretty and much. that's, like, Bat Squatch. Yeah. And you, like... So, basically, like, this one I remember is, like, he's, like, these people are driving down the road, and they... <laughs> they're, like, headlights are blaring, and... You know, Bat Squatch just comes out of the woods out of nowhere and lands right in front of the road. So they like slam on the brakes and long story short, the most exciting part of it is he like literally like flips their car. Yeah. Like just crazy <laughs> nonsense. So let's start with an intro to the origin of the Jersey Devil. This is uh, way more known than like bat squatch you know and it's less known than like bigfoot but like i bet if you walked up to the ran random people and if you ask like they would definitely have heard of bigfoot or sasquatch. they may have heard of the jersey devil but they probably haven't heard of the bat squatch they've probably heard of sasquatch though right bigfoot like yeah. i said Oh. So, on a dark and stormy night in 1735, something terrible happened in the Pine Barrens near Leeds Point. The thunder howled and the wind roared outside, and inside a small house, Mother Leeds was giving birth to her 13th baby. No one knew for sure exactly what happened, but people had lots of ideas. Mother Leeds said she wanted the baby to be the devil. The baby was born with a tail, wings, and hooves, and flew up the chimney. The baby looked normal, but then it changed. That night, the De Jersey Devil was born. This is one of the most popular stories about how the devil was born, but there were many others. A different story says that a town put a curse on a young girl who fell in love with a British soldier during the Revolutionary War, and when she gave birth, it was... The Jersey Devil. Another story says a gypsy cursed a girl because she didn't give the gypsy food. The curse caused her to give birth to the Jersey Devil instead. So instead of giving the lady food, she got cursed to have the Jersey Devil. I, like, and then it flew out her window. Wow, interesting. 
<laughs> Bye. Isn't that the reverse of uh, of uh, of one of those carrier things bringing a baby? Yeah, the stork. The yeah. storks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called a stork. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Locals in the Pine Barrens call it the lead devil. They say it has a horse's head, long legs with hooves, two short front legs, and a bat's wings. No one knows how tall it is. Some people think it's six feet tall. Others think it's only three or four feet tall. The devil has glowing red eyes and makes loud screeching sounds. It's very ugly. Yeah, just like that from our sound department, apparently. It's very ugly and people are terrified after seeing it. That's how I feel after seeing Jared. How dare you? During the day, the devil lives in the wetlands, and at night it comes out to scare anyone it meets. So, did you want to jump to Bat Squatch? Yeah, so this is the origin of Bat Squatch, and it's a little bit of a doozy. It's a little bit of a long read, so try to try to make it a little bit shorter. So, it's considered to be a hybrid of a Sasquatch and some type of, like, pterodactyl or bat. The Bat Squatch is rumored to have been soared out of the depths of the earth. Yeah, you heard that right. The earth. The yeah, can, of the earth. Can can I lead into that, by the way? Yeah. So there's this branch of cryptids um, that are like flying humanoids, Jared. Mm -hmm. They're called pterosaurs. Mm -hmm. And it's like where people say that they saw like like a, literally a pterodactyl. Wow. So that is a branch of cryptids. cryptozoology. Ah, interesting. And so they emerged out of the depths of the earth during the eruption of Mount St. Helens in 1980. Wait, so more than one or just one? Um, it said uh, the bat squatch. Oh, the. The. Okay. So singular, I assume. It is said to have blue-gray fur, a wolfish face, a great pair of bat wings protruding from its back, and it seems to re resemble a gargoyle in body shape. Although it has been mistaken for a, uh, the Mothman on a few occasions, as it seems to possess the ability to interfere with electronic workings in cars and other devices. Um, many people saw it and snapped pictures of it as it flew around the dust clouds that erupted uh, from the mountain. None of these pictures have been turned in for scrutiny. I, I found a picture of it oh. on the cryptid wiki. It looks like a werewolf with wings. Yeah. Like, like bat wings. Yeah. But... I I don't remember that because, I mean, like... It does kind of look like a gargoyle, though. Very, yeah. Very creepy. I mean, th this is on the Cryptid w Wiki, mm -hmm. which is the more, oh, quote-unquote official one. Mm -hmm. But it, yeah, it literally just looks like a werewolf with wings. Like, I thought it looked... I remember the claws, but I thought it had a more... Slender body. Primate face, I guess. Mm-mm. It's kind of hilarious because there's a, this is a free plug, a Rogue Bat Squatch IPA, which yeah. is hilarious. The Rogue, picture is a good, is, Rogue is a good company for beers. <laughs> not sponsored. Is, the picture is hilarious. Not sponsored. <laughs> it is kind of funny, their picture, their logo. Mm -hmm. um, but many people saw it, snap pictures, but none have been turned in for fear of scrutiny. So it has been largely debated that nobody saw anything at all. After the initial sighting of the things reported uh, began to trickle in, but several of these alleged sightings, quote unquote, 
have already been labeled as a hoax. Uh, disentangling the true mystery, mystery, uh, mysterious sightings from the false ones is difficult, but many believe that the first true recorded sighting happened in 1994 by a high school senior by the name of Brian, was on his way home from an isolated settlement of Camp One, which is located in the foothills of Mount Rainier. He reported that his engine just cut out in his truck, leaving him stranded in the middle of the dark road with the forest to his left and an open field to his right. He sat there for a second, just staring onto the road, which his headlights still illuminated, when something descended from above. It had bird-like talons on his feet, blue-tinted fur, tufted ears, glowing eyes. Yeah, I think eyes. it was this one. Yeah. yeah, and it landed about 30 feet in front of him. Brian stated it was at least 9 feet tall. The creature looked at him with piercing eyes. A teenager described the feeling of uh, being out of place, but said that he did not at all any, at any point feel very threatened by the creature. As quickly as it appeared, the animal left, spreading its wings, rising into the air, the force of its wing beats rocking Brian's truck. Um, a more fantastical sighting occurred in 1998. Oh, see, I thought it flipped it over. Um, it just, okay, may, maybe I remember wrong. Or maybe it's a different story. Right. It could have been a different story, or it could have been altered by through word of mouth. You know, mm -hmm. you never know. Because I do remember us covering that. Yeah, I don't, because I got the memory of a potato. Yeah. Um, a more fantastical sighting occurred in 1998. Although the story did not come uh, forward until many years later, the the detail of the event has led many to believe it is fake. But the fellow did have several years to ponder what he had saw before finally typing up an, an account. The man withheld his name. But the tale began with him regaining consciousness on a rocky outcrop where he had landed after taking some uh, something of a fall. He could not describe the events that led him there, only that he was, and he knew he was in a bad position with a concussion and several bleeding gashes. As he worked his way into consciousness, he heard a roar erupt from the road, which cut through the mountainside below him. He looked down in time to see a truck bearing many large um, a truck bearing many large trees slamming into a huge creature, which at first he mistook for a, a bear, then slid down the side of the, uh, the side. Witnesses described the truck sliding off the road as though it were being pulled from the back rather than sliding. The witness panicked, realizing he needed to call for help, and quickly worked out a way to get back uh, the way he came. He climbed back up the trail and began to set off, but quickly grew weary and sat down for a bit of a break. He was in bad shape. The sky above him darkened. When he looked up, he saw a massive creature, even bigger than thing in the road, passing overhead. It landed near where he had been stranded, clutching in its claws something he recognized as the first creature, the one that had been hit by the truck. He described the two creatures as being purple, exceptionally purple. Wait, and so there were two of them? Yeah, there was a larger one and a smaller one. And the larger of the two was 15 feet tall with no tail and had huge bat-like wings, the span of which extended nearly 50 feet. Of course, the sighting seems a little off because the story was described very vividly, meaning that the author had a lot of imagination to spare for fabricating something like this. Another factor that seems to be catering to the non-believers is that he named no specific places other than that it was around Mount Shasta. No specific Shasta. Shasta, Shasta, Shasta. The disappearance of a truck driver that would not go unnoticed. However, another sighting near Mount Shasta makes the story a little bit more believable. In 2009, a pair of hikers were walking up the mountainside when all of a sudden a huge muscular creature soared out of the mountain's crevice. It did not stop to observe them, but as they gawked as it glid 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 glid
uh, disappeared around the side of the mountain. He described its face as being v vaguely bat-like, but in a rea um, reality slightly more akin to that of a fox, with a larger snout, stout snout, and larger eyes than those of a bat. So, what what do we have so far? We have bat-like. We have wolf-like. Fox-like. Fox-like. Um, grayish. Blue fur. Blue I mean, fur and there, purple fur. There seems to be a lot of variation. Yeah. You know, like, like if you look at Bigfoot, you know, there's the Yeti. There's Skunk Ape. There's... The traditional Sasquatch is brownish. Yeah. I mean, the one on the Patterson-Gimlin film just looks like... A very, very large chimpanzee walk. Yeah, it's around. like a brown, brownish, to me, like, uh, just big ape walking, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know. Yep, 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 yep. The creature's behavior, uh, certainly bat-like, seeing as it often flies around, out of, uh, flies out of tight spaces. The sighting in 2019, or uh, 2009, is a, only one of many similar tales told by hikers near Mount Shasta and Mount Rainier. Because of the first sighting, sightings where the time uh, around the time Mount St. Helens was erupting, many believe its origins to be somewhere deep, deep underground. The earth shifting during the eruption set the bat squatch, bat squatch loose, even multiple bat squatches. Others believe a similar story, only that instead of simply being an underground hibernating cryptid, the bat squatch is of supernatural origins, and the shifting earth opened a gateway to hell itself. Releasing demon <laughs> <among his> mortals. <laughs> demon or undiscovered species. It cannot be denied that the creature does have above average intelligence. It maintains the rather shy uh, vestige of a lot of mysterious creatures, yet at the same time seems to have a more vengeful attitude when confronted with the loss of one of its kin or when itself is threatened. Pulling a truck off the highway is not an act of a dumb beast. Such a feat takes cunning, strength, and a will to protect one's own. It would be argued that it's simply an animal trying to protect its young, but there's still very little known about this beast to make any claims regarding its intelligence. One can only make judgments based on what few accounts there are of the bat squatch, and assuming that all accounts are true, calling it the bat squatch links it to the sasquatch, but in truth, it would seem that both creatures are entirely different beings. Um, the one ape-like qualities of the bat squatches possess are a lack of tail and muscular upper body with arms that may somewhat resemble those of an ape. It does not, however, accompany that, accompanied by that classic squatch stench, nor does it seem concerned with warning people off its quote-unquote land. Whether they are uh, related beings is still up for discussion. Either way, a flying sasquatch is definitely something amusing to picture. Like, uh... Like, it, if you remember, Jared, when we've talked about Bigfoot encounters before, yeah. people usually, you know, like there's a loud, piercing... Screech thing? Screech, groan, yell, whatever. Um, there's a terrible stench in the air. Um, Don't they say it sounds, smells like rotten meat or something like right, that? Right, like rotting... Flesh almost. Yeah. I remember this one Bigfoot show I was watching... Where they said it sounded like a horse. Nah. No, I'm serious. <laughs> like, yeah, like it was to, to me, that makes sound. no sense. You know. Yeah. Um. So I I thought it would be interesting to kind of add on to your 
bat squatch um, thing with some more kind of, I guess, like a different variation on where it came from. Yeah. Um, so located within the state of Washington in the U.S., lying not far from the major cities of Portland and Seattle, is the looming figure of the volcano called Mount St. Helens. In March of 1980, the region was rocked when Mount St. Helens experienced a major volcanic eruption that unleashed destruction on a catastrophic scale, flattening vast swaths of trees and buildings over an area of 230 square miles, spewing forth massive amounts of ash and 1.5 million metric tons of sulfur dioxide into the air and creating the largest debris avalanche ever recorded. Oh, geez. The eruption was so violent that it completely obliterated the top of the mountain, shaving the summit from uh, 96.77 feet to 83.63 feet to leave an enormous crater. Uh, so this 1980 eruption is to this day the single most destructive volcanic event in U.S. history, and it also marks the beginning of one of the strangest cryptozoology tells out there. In the wake of the rampant destruction, scattered rumors began to come in from people claiming to have seen a humanoid creature with an ape-like body, glowing eyes, and sweeping bat wings lurking in the remote areas of the devastation. Whatever it was, it was most often described as being rather sinister in nature, emanating an intense feeling of dread, and there were even claims that it had killed pets or livestock. Yet while these sightings began trickling in from the 1980s, they were not taken very seriously um, until 1994. Um, was that the one you were talking about, Brian Canfield? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that they so is in this one they say it's an ape-like body yeah but like if you looked at the picture we looked up on the cryptid wiki it's a i mean literally what i picture when i think of a werewolf and then it just had his bat wings pretty much i mean like to me it's just interesting that there's yeah i admit there's usually not this much variation with uh you know cryptids yeah. And usually it's like a little bit of sense yeah it's, almost. here's what bigfoot looks like you know and then like the only thing that very varies is i guess where you saw it what it does um how you react it's locale <laughs> did anyone else see it where was it seen yeah you no know? um here's a and I have another, I have another little like thing that's. Can can I just read this quote from him? Yeah. Um, so this is Brian Canfield in '94. It was standing there staring at me like it was resting, like it didn't know what to think. I was scared. It raised the hair on me. I didn't feel threatened. I just felt out of place. It's looking right at me like in a deep stare, like right through me. It's standing perfectly still. It stood for a few minutes, several minutes. 
that his fingers twitched and its wings began to unfold. Those wings were as wide as the road. It turned its head and looked back at me and started flapping its wings. A few minutes later, the truck just started. I took off as fast as I could. Because, like, right there, he doesn't mention that his car, like, rocked. Yeah. When... When it took off. Yeah. But it also doesn't mention that he got flipped over, either. Yeah. Interesting. So this one starts off with a bang, a big kaboom um, from Washington State. The Mount St. Helens um, has gone nuclear, um, and it... The earth stands still from the wreckage from that dead zone after the terrible noise and that horrid landscape of ash and death and silence. Something wicked stirs. The mountain was tucking itself back to sleep, letting metaphor um, Morpheus take her away, but something demonic would not follow its example. Nothing could have stood the onslaught unleashed by St. Helens, at least nothing human. On the fringes of that desolate plain, the bat squat spreads its wings and roared. Uh, this, uh, the Bat Squatch is a huge flying cryptid slash monster pipe dream great micro-brewed IPA <laughs> that was apparently sighted near uh, Mount St. Helens right after the 1980 eruption. The creature is similar to the Ahul and Orangabate of South Asia, a primate with distinct leathery bat wings. So there are other sightings on different continents. That's what it tells us. The Ahul, uh, look that up real quick, A-H... A H O O L. A H O O L. Oh, so it's a. Uh, oh, I've heard of this one. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so the. I see a picture. Uh, who is. Uh, sometimes portrayed as a giant bat, while others claim it as a flying uh, primate, and the name. <laughs> comes from its loud distinct cry and ahool. Um, you can do a better, better yeah. job of making that sound. Let's see it. Ahool. <laughs> and can I just read its description? Yeah, go for it. It's said to live in the deepest parts of the jungles of Java. Is that it? Oh, wait. It can be found across most of Indonesia. Um. Subspecies can be found in the nearby island of New Guinea in the form of the ropen. Uh, the ropen has a long snout, large wings, and a long, thin crest. Mm -hmm. The ahul, though, has a distinct face that has features of both a chimpanzee and a bat's large, dark eyes, red skinned wings, large claws on its forearms, and is covered in gray fur. <laughs> Is I, I love this coloring. It's always crazy. Yeah. Um, it is said to have a wingspan of 18 to 28 feet. That's a big I one. mean, imagine that. Like a pterodactyl had like 15 feet, I Not think. Sure. Um, that is 3 to 4.5 times the size of the largest bat known to man. The flying fox. I haven't heard of that. Although it mainly eats local fauna, such as large fish, it will occasionally attack humans, and most likely because the creature slash animal is a extremely territorial and opportunist, meaning it will attack larger prey when the conditions present themselves. Yeah, so I just looked up a pterodactyl size. 
Um, some species only grow to 6.6 .6 feet of wingspan, um, but the largest um, exceeded over 30 feet. That's the largest pterodactyl they've ever found. Um, the wingspan was 30 feet. Wow. Look, look, look at this, Jared. It's called a flying fox. Oh, yeah, I've heard of those. Those are wow. really cool animals. Those are, wow. That is creepy. And they're big, too. Look up their wingspan. Doesn't that look like a primate? Yeah, it does. Like the face? Yeah, the flying foxes. Look up the wingspan of those. I think they're like around six feet or so. Um, so the wingspan of the golden crowned flying fox, that's a fruit-eating bat, um, has a wingspan of up to five feet, six inches. And it only weighs 2.6 pounds. Super light. Yeah, I know. Look at the scale of humans. Like, it's, it's a pretty big creature. <laughs> well, the locals probably think it's like the devil or something, you know? No, no, no. They, they know what it is. You literally saw pictures of a local holding it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that one's really cool. Um, and mine continues on saying like the creatures, uh, and like whatever it is, it shares a great deal of commonality with the legendary Mothman of Virginia. Um, it names, uh, its name derives from the word bat and another Washington state world famous cryptid, the Sasquatch. Um, stories, stories of the, uh, creature are abound, particularly in the aftermath of a hectic world shaking volcanic event. Its status has shifted over the years from a supernatural event to a folklore manifestation of Washington's collective consciousness, like the Loveland Frogman or the Jersey Devil. Loveland Frogman. Never heard of that. Oh, my God. Have you heard of that? I think so. It's... The Batsquatch has, has been adopted by the natives and has become an icon of its land, a mascot that even featured on a label of one of its, one of its region's most popular beers. Oh, I remember this one. Look, look at this shirt. It's literally a frog that's like walking upright. That and then odd. here's a size comparison. It, it's like, it's, is that a toad or would you say a frog? I'd say more toad-like. Well, it says frogman, so I guess it's more frog-like. Yeah. Um, but it would go up to like a person's like belly button, basically. Yeah, mid, so mid-drift. Mid-drift um, for these uh, uh, lovely frogs. So just imagine a frog walking upright in a erect position <laughs> like a human. <laughs> Except it's a frog. Yeah. And they're probably stand about three or four feet Imagine tall. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but they're frogs and it has nothing to do with each other. So <laughs> it's actually a terrible comparison. <laughs> one's a frog, one's a yeah, turtle. Yeah. You <laughs> the bat squatch awakened from its dormant hibernation when the Washington State's national icon, Mount St. Helens, got a bit of indigestion. The equivalent of 1.6 times... The size of the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima during World War II in type of indigestion. As far as wake-up calls go, 24 megatons of thermal energy was a doozy. To say that Batsquatch woke up grumpy would be underselling the amount of I Hate Mondays venom that thing was spewing. Mount St. Helens has remained dormant for almost 140 years. The last period of activity occurred between the eight, uh, 1840s and the 1850s. That long slumber was interrupted in March 1980. The day Jimmy Carter asked himself, why did I want to be president again? Sick and tired of getting woke up, woken up in the middle of the night by a toad whispering in my ear trouble. On March 27th, 1980, a series of volcanic eruptions of pyroclastic flow began shaking and rattling the areas of Mount St. Helens in the Sycorama County. 
Skama, I can never pronounce things. Washington, United States, basically. Um, from below, everyone stared in disbelief and amazement as the tall tales, uh, signs of something fishy going on were visible from the summit of the volcano. A series of blasts smacked the region into a panic. By the time everyone got their heads on straight, Mordor had erupted. A huge explosive cataclysm, the type Michael Bay can't even get enough of, blanketed the sky and blotted out the sun. Nature shone uh, other reprobes in the prison yard. Oh, why mama deserves respect. The volcano had a, uh, or the eruption had a volcanic explosivity index of five. It was the most significant to occur in the States since a much smaller 1915 eruption of the Lazon Peak in California. It was the most disastrous volcanic ex uh, eruption in the U.S. history. The aftermath wasn't a picnic either. The eruption was followed by a two-month series of earthquakes and steam vent episodes, plumes of topic, uh, toxic fumes, and cascaded uh, magma fractured the landscape even created a large bulge and break on the mountain's northern slope. The event was economic uh, groin punch. For years, the region couldn't get back on its feet, and the federal government was feeling the blowback from um, shelling out um, aid, relief aid. Jimmy Carter's political career and record uh, would never uh, recover. Like it's his fault. I know, right? And, God, they always have to blame somebody. Yep, and his approval rating suffered from the calamity. Oh, how dare you... Allow a volcano Yeah, how to dare you allow a volcano to erupt? I don't care what party you're on, like... That's not fair. Yeah, exactly. How the heck is it his fault? What, did yeah. he summon... Cthulhu? To yeah, make, Cthulhu. To make the volcano erupt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Approximately 57 people were killed during the blast. More than 200 houses, 47 bridges, and 15 miles of railway and 185 miles of highway were erased from the face of the earth in a blink of an eye. Toxicity and leftovers from the ash uh, from the blast might have been responsible for countless other deaths throughout the years. When U.S. President Jimmy Carter surveyed the damage, he declared the zone looked as desolate as the moonscape photos from NASA's missions. And if tall tales are to believe, another of these consequences of Mount St. Helens' eruption is the Bat Squatch. Yeah, which we've already read the origin yep. story of. So, can I read another description of Bat Squatch? Yeah, and I got one as well, so we'll read two okay, descriptions. Okay, so this is a trucking, this is a trucker in 1998. Do it. Um, so the witness claims to have seen a logging truck hit one of the bat squatches along an isolated mountain road. The truck had been barreling along only to make contact suddenly with something in the road, which the witness first took to be a tree stump or a log in the road. And the vehicle teetered over the edge of the road to slide down the sharp drop of the mountainside and the shock witness reportedly ran to go and try to help the occupant and that was when the witness realized that the truck had not hit a log but rather an enormous winged humanoid that <laughs> smelled of horse feathers is that what they actually said no oh, it seemed okay. to be none the worse for wear after the thunderous impact and would be described thusly quote the creature stood about 15 feet high when it was sitting hunched over in front of me. I later discovered that this creature would measure an easy 30 feet from head to bottom once it was airborne. I say bottom because it didn't really have a tail. The head of the animal wasn't usually small compared to its massive body. 
So it suffers from small head syndrome. Small, small mind syndrome. And it suffers from apparently being hit by a barreling logging truck and surviving and not even being phased by it. True. The beady purple eyes would remind anyone who has the misfortune of seeing them, believing that the creature could be of the Raton family. Other characteristics of the head also had many features of the Raton family. Being of noteworthy comment is the long pointed ears from which protruded the top of the creature's head. The nose was rather small. The most pronounced feature of the nose being its unusual color of purple. And I believe this is the only creature in the world that has a purple nose. The wingspan of the creature looked very small as if it couldn't fly with such a small wing surface. However, I later learned that once the creature was airborne, the wings extended out to form a wingspan of a good 40 feet. And the most wow. disturbing feature of the large beast was its hands. It appeared to have four sets of them. Four sets of hands? Is that what? what? Did, they, did they count the bat wings as a set of hands? So, like, the bat wings would be hands, and then it had regular, like... Because that doesn't make sense Like, claw-ish hands? Yeah, like... That's the only way that would make sense to me, is if they're considering the bat wings as hands. Um, perhaps I should clarify to that to mean it had two sets of claws slash hands on the wings, about midway, and then another set on the torso as if they were human. See, that's what I'm saying. The creature was very frightening to look at, it could almost be a cross between a large bat and an excessively large furry human. And I believe that the most accurate description would be given by some of the local townsfolk who named it Bat Squatch. Squatch the badness. Um, I mean... Uh, can't. Do you want me to go into my description? Is it the one from 2009? No. Okay, because I have one more that I want to read after yours. Okay. The Bat Squatch is said to be a large humanoid monstrosity, clocking in at more than nine feet tall and weighing uh, with the weight of two grown grizzly bears. The creature is said to have piercing yellow eyes, blue-tinged dark fur, razor-sharp teeth, a wolf-like muzzle, bird-like wings, and a broad muscle-bound torso. And bat-like wings. You said that twice, did you not? Oh, bird-like wings and bat-like wings. What? The, what? You can't have both. Yeah, you can't have bird-like wings and bat-like wings. What? I mean, okay, let's start with this. Birds have feathers. Bats leathery have material. skin. Yep. That's it. With uh, wings that span up to 50 feet. Uh, the beast is also said to have psychic... Man, it just gets bigger and bigger. Yep. The beast is said to have psychic abilities, telekinetic powers that allow it to affect man-made objects like car engines, radios, and television sets. I also have some sightings and a 1994 fiasco to read after you're done with your description. When I think of... Bigfoot, I think of psychic powers. That can turn my TV channel. How dare you turn my engine off? Let me go get my rifle. How dare you change the radio station? Yeah. I don't How want to listen to this dare talk show. you? 
<laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> Changes it to our yeah. podcast. <laughs> I'm getting some interference. <laughs> My ears are bleeding. <laughs> ah! I hear two idiots talking. Yeah, yeah. They're talking about bat squash. What? <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. So. In 2009, hikers on Mount Shasta in northern Cali uh, saw a flying humanoid with a bat-like face come flying out of a cave in the mountainside. I mean, what? Mountainside? What's going on here, Jared? I mean, like... Many, many questionable things. Like... What? Is is this implying there's... Like, they sleep... Upside down like a bat? That's what they're saying, yeah. I mean, and so you're just hiking a random mountain and you see bat squatch come flying out of it. You just see a and these people, just extend. Yeah, I mean, like, what, like, okay, like where I work, we order in like 60 foot, um, like boards. Yeah. So, like, you shave 10 feet off of that. Like, do you know how big that is? Like, this is, like, my best size comparison for that is, like, I've seen, uh, like, you know, a king cab truck with an eight-foot bed, and then it has a gooseneck trailer that's, like, 25 feet or something. Yeah. And even that was, like, 45 feet, you know? Yeah. Like, the this thing would have to be so incredibly massive that, like, when it came screeching out of the... I mean, like, think of how wide this cave would have to be. It would have to be a big cave. Right? Like, the opening? Yeah. Like, these creatures aren't designed to fly with their wings, like, folded. You know, yeah. So for comparison, I drive a, a midsize SUV. My SUV's uh, fifteen feet. Uh, yeah, fifteen feet long. Really? Uh, I thought it was smaller than that. Well, I mean, it says one hundred and eighty inches, and convert that to feet. Um, that would be uh, fifteen feet long. So that'd be like three and a half of my SUVs, like bumper to bumper length. That's how long that wingspan is. Which is this? Crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> here, can, can you look up how big what like a T Rex was or like a pterodactyl would have been? Yeah, like look look up a pterodactyl's wingspan. I, I already did. Yeah, the largest uh, pterodactyl uh, to ever exist was uh, thirty feet. Its wingspan was thirty. Okay, feet. so add twenty feet to that. Yeah, I huge. mean just. Everyone would be able to see this thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, like my, so, SUV, my SUV has 181 uh, lengthwise. I mean, these are just inches. crazy. Yeah. To me, if anything, they're just, they're terrible at guessing the length. Yeah. Like, they don't understand what 50 feet means. Yeah. Or they can't envision it. Not whatever. only that, but the size that they expect this creature to be nine feet tall and weigh as much as two grown grizzly bears 
There's no way it'd How be could able it to get generate, off the ground? It wouldn't be able to generate enough lift to get off the ground. God, it needs like a jet pack. Yeah, for real. Like even helicopters have struggle. <laughs> you need a big, like heavy loading helicopter. Have you seen those grizzly RV back. helicopters where like they're can't that's, they carry like a tank or something? Yeah, that's but what like, they used to pick like, up grizzly bears. You too. look up there. They have two giant propellers and, you know, just a crazy. Okay, so me and my friend were hiking around Mount Shasta, and out of one of the crevices flew out this big creature. I mean, this thing was huge. It was as tall as a man, as stocky as Hulk Hogan, and had leathery wings. I believe the wingspan was at least 50 feet from one end to the other. I was holding up my camera, but was paralyzed with fear as this thing flew by. I didn't get a picture, quote, sorry. What do you think this might be? Could it have been a pterodactyl? It was flying or gliding fast. Seemed to have the head of a bat. Thinking about it doesn't have the head of a pterodactyl. Oh, you mean it doesn't have a sharp protruding beak? <laughs> I just saw a picture of of a pterodactyl and the heads are not similar. I would think it had the head of a bat or maybe more like a fox. The dang thing finally flew into a clump of trees and vanished. I heard you guys might be going back to Mount Shasta. If you do, please look out for this thing. What? What? This guy's like a tour guide. And then I also have a few, I have a short sighting as well. The first sighting of the monster occurred post-St. Helens eruption. The, uh, it, the appeared everywhere. That is not a sentence. The appeared everywhere. Um, curious folks, rescuers, investigators, or anyone tramping, trampling around the blast zone were aware. From word of mouth warnings that something roamed the area. At night during these few years after the eruption, only the brave and foolish would go dare go out into the darkness and try their luck. For years, the bat squatch was a Washington state legend, a creepy crawler folks would frighten their children with the legend of tall tale, folklore, and nothing more. The St. Helens eruption was slipping into the memory banks. The nation was recuperating. The region was getting back to its feet. And part of uh, that bad was the bat squatch. The 1994 fiasco. In April 1994, um, Brian... Oh, so that's talking about Brian's thing. Um... And so the vehicle's suspension uh, squirmed and buckled Kenfield. The hood blocking his view swallowed, took a deep breath, did like a lemur and took a quick peek above the metal rim, searching for his chassis and snarling what looked like a wanted to fight. The bat squatch stood, Kenfield ran, the creature leaped. Um, feet don't fail me now. When Kenfield got back to the town, the back of his shirt was torn, his truck was all scratched and his nerves were wrecked. It chalked it up to the man having one of those nights. And they also have a few more sightings as well. In 2009, during uh, deer, uh, near Mount Shasta, several hikers witnessed a huge creature with leathery wings that, flying out from a crevice of the mountain. That That's the one that was 50 foot. Okay, yeah. so I'd like to give you a, um, like, here's a, here's like just the sound that's generated from a CH-47F, a Chinook. Yeah. So like these army transport copters, and these are 60 feet long. I mean, it's just, you know, like, they're massive, yeah, you know, they like. They're 60 feet long. They're huge. And, like, look look at how long it takes to gain enough lift 
you know, to... Um, Pick something up that heavy. Like, yeah, just to get off the ground. It's not like gonna... You know, like when you see like a freaking goose take off, it has to flap, a, you know, a lot just to get off the ground because it's weighs so much. Yeah. You know, like has to there's a lot of resistance mm -hmm. or like when a plane is going off, I think it's going like 150 miles per hour. Just to get off. And, and it takes a long time to reach altitude, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So... I don't believe it'd be possible for I don't think it was fifty feet. And I don't think if it anything would... it might have been twenty. And, and I... you're just terrible at looking at the damn thing. Not only that, but I don't think it would weigh the the same amount as two full grown grizzly bears. Reason being that'd just be too much weight to get off the ground. And I love how these people claim, Oh, it carried off my sheep. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that that's realistic, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In 2011, a man walking his, uh, his dog, a man went to pick up the dog when he saw something flying in the sky. I saw something flying uh, Yeah, they in always the see him in pairs or something. It had bat wings, blue fur, and a face similar um, to eyes glowing red. It was about nine feet tall. At least after I watched it, it just flew away. On April 14th, 2014, at Archbishop Hobin High School in Akron, Ohio, a class witnessed... Akron. Akron. Akron? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't care enough. It, it has an O at the end. It has an O, not an A. Kind of weird. Um, a class witnessed a giant black mass zoom by the window of their home room at flash-like speeds. The phenomenon gained momentum every summer, particularly in campgrounds as folks started to tell the story around fires concerning the fearsome creature. And then they also tie it to the Mothman, apparently. Uh, many uh, parapsychologists and cryptozoologists can't help but point out the incredible similarities between the Batsquatch and the Mothman phenomenon. Both occur during and after a, cat a cataclysmic event. Both cryptids have the power to affect man-made objects, such as electronics. They're all psychic. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and vehicles. Because when you think of Bigfoot, you think of psychic power. Yeah, exactly. Um, both cryptids have uh, piercing, blazing eyes and huge wings. The main difference, it would seem, is that the Bat-Squatch bat seems more hostile and aggressive, whereas the Mothman is more of a gentle creature. And that kind of is where it ends for mine. Okay, so I'd like to get back to the Jersey Devil, because we kind of took a lengthy... Turn into the Bat-Squatch. Turn into the Bat-Squatch. So all right, that's all we are trying to um, tie these together somewhat. So... Um, the story of the Jersey Devil is an authentic folk legend. It's varied as the number of people who claim to have seen or heard him. For over 250 years, tales have circulated about the nocturnal ramblings of a creature emerging from the midst of a lonely, desolate marsh. Um, to understand the legend of the Jersey Devil, you must first understand his birthplace. It's a remote region extending 1,700 square miles across southeastern Jersey. It's actually a giant aquifer with dense stands of white cedar. Inside the air is a calm, still and cool. The shadows heavy. The cedar stand throughout the swamp, stained the streams red with tannin. 
one area of stunted trees is called the pygmy forest while many consider it a barren wilderness 27 varieties of orchids grow there and in the early days travel was difficult for the cedar swamps and them being great obstacles some roads are old native american trails others are old stagecoach roads some roads are paved others are sandy roads lead to places named hog wallow double trouble s-o-o-y place so soy uh, and Marianne Furnace. Uh, these names date back to colonial times when settlers first came to Joyzy. Um, so the Devil's Origins. Uh, one of the most famous stories tells of a place called Leeds Point. On a stormy night in 1735, a Quaker woman gave birth to a child during a thunderstorm. The room flickered with candlelight. The wind howled. Some believed her to be a witch. <laughs> oh my God. All right then. The impoverished woman known as Mother Leeds was believed to have many other children, as many as 12. Some say the child was born deformed. Uh, some say she cursed the child because of her dire straits. Other accounts say the child was born normal and took on odd characteristics later. Characteristics such as an elongated body, winged shoulders, a large horse-like head, cloven feet, and a thick tail. And according to legend, the child was confined until it made its escape out the cellar door or up the chimney. Another story tells of a young Leeds Point girl who had fallen in love with a British soldier. The soldier came to the region because the iron furnaces at Batstow were supplying the privateers. And in 1778, the British engaged the Americans at the Battle of Chestnut Neck. The town folk opposed the match, calling her Lyason an act of treason. They cursed the girl, and according to legend, when she gave birth, it became known as the Leeds Devil. Um, and then the gypsy one where she um didn't give the gypsy food so the gypsy cursed her and years later in 1850 with the curse forgotten the girl gave birth to her first child Amel. he became a devil and fled into the woods interesting but apparently he didn't have wings yeah apparently so i just looked up a map of these different monsters mm-hmm and their regions. The Loveland Frogman is by like Kentucky area. The Ozark Howler is by um, New Orleans. The New Jersey the Jersey Devils by New Jersey area. The uh, Snally Caster is up in the New York region, a little bit more north than the Jersey Devil. The Thunderbird is uh, in the Midwest. Um, yeah, that, like, that's another name for. The pterosaurs, like, people said they'd see, like, a thunderbird or whatever. Yeah, and that's, I think, more uh, Native American version. Right. Yeah, and that one is, um, like, in South Dakota and Kansas area. The rocks, uh, slide rock bottler, a bolter, is in, like, New Mexico and uh, 
northwest Texas area, and the Tahoe Tessie is in California, and the Bat Squatch is up in the northwest um, by like Seattle area, um, Washington basically. And so that's kind of like the breakdown. The Jersey Devil is all the way on the East Coast and the Bat Squatch is on the West Coast. Um, the Bat Squatch's first sighting was during the eruption of Mount St. Helens in 1980, whereas the Jersey Devil has been around since the 1700s and they're both very different. Um, the Jersey Devil has uh, the head of a goat that sits atop of a random hodgepodge of hooves, wings, and horns accompanied by a forked tail and screams made famous over the centuries. Despite its distressing appearance and the fearful nature of its behavior, the Durbel, uh, Devil, Jersey Devil is said to be very self-conscious, likely due to unrealistic ideals perpetuated by the fashion media. Local and uh, travelers are advised to avert their eyes and avoid, avoid judgy remarks. Um, interesting. Uh, whereas it so says for the Bat Squatch, uh, deep in the mountain where it has been living for thousands of years, forced into this conclusion, the Bat Squatch searches the mountains of the Pacific Northwest for a new home, away from humans and Bluetooth speakers. It uses an extreme caution while exploring the mountainous areas and try to avoid playing uh, any swamp rocks. Bat Squatches hate swamp rocks. <laughs> so it's a little like tidbit of uh, the differences between the two, at least that we've noticed so far. So I just want to touch on the Thunderbird because we brought it up. Yeah, go for which it. Which is another, I wouldn't say flying humanoid, <laughs> but it is a flying cryptid at least. And yeah. People have witnessed. Like other um, paranormal podcasts I've listened to, like people call in with Thunderbird sightings still, Jared. They do. Yeah. Like it seems nobody is seeing Bat Squatch around, but hey, if... You know, somebody that has seen them, then tell us and we'll laugh at you. <laughs> we'll laugh at you. <laughs> and then we'll still recount it, though. The Thunderbird is a cryptozoological creature associated with large bird-like animals that live anywhere in northern Canada and Alaska down to Central America. Similar animals often appear in Native American mythology, some tells tell of enormous eagles strong enough to carry whales back to their nests. Oh, jeez. Since pioneers began moving west across the North American plains, sightings of large birds have been reported. Similar stories appear from civilizations around the world. And according to Native Americans, some tribes that... These birds were so large and powerful that when they flapped their wings, thunder was created um, and lightning flashed out of their eyes and water fell off their backs, creating rain. Interesting. Uh, can I read a quick one? Yeah, go for it. Dude. So the legend of the Passama Quadis describes the quest of two Native Americans in search of the source of thunder high in the mountains. Other stories said that there was a thunderbird who battled an enormous killer well. When the two beasts fought, they destroyed much of the land, knocking down trees and causing much destruction. Although dangerous and powerful beings, thunderbirds were also seen as benevolent nature spirits. And they sometimes assisted the tribes in their search for food during periods of famine. 
and the igneous rocks known as thunderstones are the eggs of these creatures, according to th some legends. Interesting. Yeah. So, since we're nearing the end, Jared, I feel we should tie this all together. So, yeah. with Bat Squatch, there's so many... Variations. Variations. But with the Jersey Devil... It's um, more consistent, I feel like. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like a donkey kind of, you know, <laughs> I guess if you wanted to summarize it, it's like kind of like a satanic goat beast. Yeah, with, that was like cursed. With wings, that's cursed. Yeah, so one got cursed and has been around since the 1700s, which is the Jersey Devil. And then the bat squatch has only recently been. But it's still associated with. I mean, where where do people say the devil is in Jersey? In heck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that it. So the bat squatch came out from heck. Yeah, and that is, what. is terrorizing the local populace apparently. Well, according to what I'm and truck read, drivers is that it tries to stay on the tries to stay away from humans. Right. It's trying to find a place to to live. But it's supposedly a creature with a wingspan of 50 feet, so it's it probably hard to find a hiding place. Yep, and weighs as much as two grizzly bears, so, yeah. Where did they of, get the weight? I don't know. I mean... Did they put it on a scale and just weigh it? Like, oh, this weighs... Uh, like, what the when, I look at a, <laughs> when I look at a bear, I'm like, oh, wow, I wonder how much that weighs. No, I'm going to run away from it, <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh, what pretty yellow eyes you have. You know what I mean? Like, you're not oh, going to sit there and stare What at big eyes. claws you have. <laughs> oh, you look like a werewolf. Oh, yeah, let's let's get out my scientific scale. Yeah. Can you step on this, please? Let me measure the diameter of your eyeballs. Yeah, let me, let me just avoid your grasping sharp claws. Your two pairs of hands. You got four hands, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Which didn't make sense and still doesn't make sense. I mean, they're considering the the wings as hands as a pair of hands, right. and then the humanoid hands is another pair. So two pairs of hands, four hand, arms in total. At least that's for the bat squatch, whereas the Jersey Devil seems to only have the wings. Well, said it has hooves. Hooves for the feet, though. For right. The legs. Well, no, and the hands. Oh, and the hands too. Yeah, here, let me show you. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, you were the Jersey Devil expert this time. Uh, oh, it does. It's like a horse almost. Right. It's like yeah. a cursed horse. Do you see its ho hooves? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like gaunt. It's very thin. What is this, a Pegasus or something? No, that's the Jersey Devil. I know. Looks like one of those uh, flying horses. Look at its head. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. But like... That's another striking difference Feature. is like this is very thin and Elongated. looks starved while the bat squatch It's like a gargoyle. It's like muscular. Built like a tank. Right. And it has makes you wonder where does it get get its substance from? It's such a large animal and the amount of caloric intake you would need to sustain itself. Yeah, I mean that's what I love long. about like Bigfoot and whatnot. Like yeah. these are such big creatures. Where's all the crap it eats? Yeah. What is its diet? Or its no. poop. Yeah, or its poop. Yeah. 
What, does it bury it? <laughs> I mean, that's one of my favorite hilarious Bigfoot things is like, oh, Bigfoot buries its dead. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It's a big, stupid, hairy ape, you know. <laughs> uh, but sadly, we've come to the end. And I got to say, this was one of my more favorite ones to do. But this has been your host, Luke, and my co-host, uh, Gerard. Bye. Peace.